Welcome to the 20th episode of Inside the Tunnel. I'm your host, Andrew Walker. Man, I miss you guys. It's been a while. Hope you've all been staying safe, wearing your mask, and washing your hands. And I can't believe I'm still saying that. On today's episode, we'll chat with Manuel Veth. He recently posted an article detailing the possibility of the Bundesliga starting a CPL franchise in the Fraser Valley. Is it worth it during a pandemic? And who are some of the teams that have shown interest? Let's find out. EV Abbotsford 21, what about Borussia Aldergrove, and how about the ever-so-simple FVFC? Now, it comes as my next guest broke the news of the Bundesliga possibly starting a Canadian Premier League franchise near Vancouver. If all works out, it'll be another powerhouse that starts a team here in Canada, just like Atletico Madrid did with Ottawa. Manuel Veth is the area manager for Transfer Marked North America who broke the news on Twitter. We reached him in Victoria. Manuel, thank you so much for your time. What's your take on a Bundesliga team starting a CPL franchise in the Fraser Valley? It's very interesting, the whole idea of putting a farm team in a different market or even a corporation. I, I always find these agreements very interesting because it opens avenues, both in terms of player development, but also of just leaving a footprint in that market, right? And for the Bundesliga North America, is extremely important. Um, in terms of growing the brand of the Bundesliga and, of course, having a Canadian player in the Bundesliga and Alfonso Davies, who's one of the best players on the planet at the moment, it's, it's, very, it's a very good avenue for them. So my take is it's a very interesting idea, and I think it is one that could potentially work. Now, in your article, you mentioned uh, Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich as the top teams that are in talks of starting a franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you personally, which team do you think it would be? clarify this because i think um this may have been kind of misunderstood it's actually the teams that have been mentioned a bayern munich borussia dortmund werder bremen but also the bundesliga as potentially overseeing this um the dfl which is the the, the, the governing body of the, the bundesliga beerheading this project so this could be one where it's not one bundesliga team but several bundesliga teams kind of working in concert to to produce this franchise over here. Oh my goodness. So which area in Fraser Valley deserves a club? That's, well, I I looked at the map yesterday and I know this, I, I just looking at my Twitter, I got a bunch of suggestions. Uh, I You know, I live on an island. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before COVID, I split my time between the island and Germany. And right now it's just the island. And uh I have driven quite a lot through there because we're friends in Naramada and you know that this is this is a place that I drive a lot through and I I personally think and I know this is technically not part of the Fraser Valley so before people are shouting and yelling at me I'm aware of this but I actually would put it in Surrey. Really Surrey? Be, yeah, that would be the place that makes the most sense to me because it's close to both the Fraser Valley and, you know, big places like Langley and Abbotsford and all, all those, those those towns and Chilliwack as well, right? But it's also closer to Vancouver. And I think that is something that I think Vancouver rides, um, especially the fan groups that are a little bit maybe upset with the Whitecaps. That's a place you can reach by SkyTrain, 
right? And I think that is something that that's where I personally would put it in an ideal world with a plot for a stadium available and, you know, all this, these things. Um, you know, if you could just fantasize and put a team anywhere, that's personally where I would put it. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the one thing that does concern me, obviously, they have to have the right stadium to have it. I know there's yeah. a couple of clubs in the Canadian Premier League right now, you know, they're playing in, you know, stadiums that aren't quite there yet. They need to re- do a massive exactly. renovations. I know you and me, we covered Pacific FC last year and yep. West Hills, they had a massive renovation. They added more seats. They added, of course, they, you know, tried to replica, uh, what was it? The yellow wall, of course. I, can, I guess we could call mm. it the purple wall in a way. Um, <laughs> would that be something like if it were to tap into Surrey or Langley or anywhere around there, is the stadium the first thing they should worry about? Yeah, you need a facility to play in and you need to have something that is close to being ready because I think that is the biggest investment, right? Is the facility. The teams themselves are actually not that expensive, right? That's because right. it's it's an expansion fee that is I have to go over top of my head between five and nine million dollars, maybe. That's a one time fee. And then um to run the team right now, the salary cap is only around a million Canadian dollars. That's not much <laughs> for a Bundesliga team. You know, that hardly registers for them. So especially if it's several that are doing it at once. So the stadium is definitely the one where, where you say, okay, this is the biggest cost factor. Um, because if you, put a, if you go into a facility that is ready, then the investment is relatively small, right? But if you have to build a facility and um, maybe add – there's more than just the stadium, also the, tra- the training complex. And I mean, we know that Pacific FC spent a lot of money on the training complex. And oh, yeah. that is in- that's investments that, you know, when you're a team looking to put a team somewhere, that's the kind of stuff that you're looking, in, uh, looking at and whether that investment is worth it. And I think those are probably the biggest stumbling blocks for any of the towns that are interested in this. You know, whether you are Langley, whether you're Chilliwack, whether you're Abbotsford, um, or Surrey, I think that the location or the municipality that has the facility at the closest to being ready is the one that's eventually going to end up with the team. And you do raise a good point about be- having it close to transit as well, because how else are we going to get yeah. fans if they don't want to bring their cars and have to pay 20 bucks for parking? Well, and also the, the drive. I mean, that highway is a nightmare. The, mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it, the one, right? Yeah. That goes straight to Canada, and um, I've been in traffic jams so many times in my life there, and it's just not what you want. You want to be able to have people to commute, sure, but you want to be able to do it in a way that it's easy, easy to get to. And we're not just talking about people that live in that in that area, but also Vancouver rides because they have the bigger pocketbooks. That's just how it is. They have the money, and that's where your corporate sponsorship is going to come from. So I think that's very important as well that you are going to be able to say, okay, look, uh, yeah, stadium is there, facilities are there. Uh, a talent pool has to be there as well. You have to be able, because like, let's face it, if the Bundesliga does put a team there or any Bundesliga team puts a team in that location, they will also want to have access to players. That That's their return of investment, right? So, yeah, I think those are all very big major factors that all play play a big role in, in, the, in the decision. Now, this move will follow Atletico Madrid and Atletico Ottawa, of course. Mm. Uh, should there be more rich clubs tapping the CPL in regards to starting a franchise? So I, I do know that um, the league, the, the Bundesliga in particular, have followed that with great interest. The, the, the project that La Liga and Atletico Madrid have put forward and, you know, the media partner, Media Bro, and putting a team in Ottawa, branding it and, you know, getting fans to not actively just follow 
um, that club, but also, I mean, you see that on social media, they're putting out Atletico Madrid tweets and supporting them. You know, that, that, is, an, that is an interesting avenue into tapping into a revenue market. So I, I think that is certainly something that they have looked into. They said, look, yeah, um, this, is, this is a way to do it. And where the other big clubs, you know, like one question that I was asked a lot over the last few days is like, why is Red Bull not doing this? And this is was one of the questions that I asked uh, right away as well. Um, why is like Red Bull, where already have a team in Leipzig, they have a team in Brazil, um, they have the New York team, they have the team in Salzburg, right? And they were saying that um, they already feel like they have North America covered with, with the team in, uh, in New York. So I think if you are a big club and you're looking into a market, it really depends on what you want to achieve out of that market and what you want to do there, right? Um, so if you're a big club and you, you just want to tap into revenue, then maybe Canada is not just it. But if, you, if you're a Bundesliga team, and I think this is why they're interested in this, this is, it's not just about the revenue and exploiting, but... Uh, exploiting, you know, new fans, but also also about finding talent. This is a league that likes to find young players, and because they don't quite have as much money as the Premier League, but want to compete with the Premier League, they have to be more innovative. So for them, it is about finding players before anyone else can find them. And I think this is this is something. If you are a big club, that would be a prerequisite for you. You have to have the cash, right? You have to have the know-how. You have to have the backing. But you also have to have both the interest in the Canadian market, but also the interest in developing young talent. You mentioned players. I'm curious to know what players in the Bundesliga would make a great fit for a CPL club, even even alone for a couple months. Oh, I don't think we're going to talk about like big players. It's yeah. Really <laughs> um, I mean, we're laughing, but um, Hoffenheim have just signed a cooperation agreement with Cincinnati. And a week after, they send one of the U23 players on loan here. Uh, to to Cincinnati, so that's the kind of players. It's players who are uh, who think that they're talented, don't maybe get the playing time in the reserve, but they think that if they get enough playing time, they can actually succeed and make that next step. Because sometimes playing is all you need, right? Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about sending players to North America is that the transfer windows don't overlap with the transfer windows over in in Germany. So you can send players out on loan when the window is perhaps closed in Germany or in other leagues, right? And you can send them to a club where the philosophy 100% fits with the philosophy that you want want to represent in your own domestic league, right? So I think that's the sort of players we're looking at. We're looking at reserve players where they say, okay, this kid is really talented, but maybe there's two other kids that are also very talented playing at the same position. So he's not going to get enough playing time, but when you send him to Canada, he will play every week for 90 minutes, Right. In a, in a league that is the first division in that country, which, yes, maybe the level is probably about the same as the third and fourth division in Germany, but playing in the first division always gives you a different impetus than playing in a third division lower down, right? Because all of a sudden you're playing for title, you're playing for points and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's the sort of players that we will see to come over here. I mean, a great example is York 9. They have just signed uh, Julian Ulrich, right, from, from Hamburg SV2. A very interesting player, and I think that's the kind of players that you're going to going to see. Just before we go, we know that the Island Games wrapped up recently. For Jeff C, were the champions. Mm-hmm. What was your take on it? Yeah, it's, it was difficult for us on the West Coast to follow, right? And um, I think it maybe got lost a little bit in the noise for those who also have to follow other leagues. I thought that was that was very difficult. But I mean, good for them to having gotten it done. That's that was the most important aspect. I think if you are a young league and you've only had one season, 
to lose an entire year would be the end. You know, you can't survive that. Even if you're losing money on, on playing it in this kind of format, you kind of have to. Because now you're looking into long-term investment. And the long-term investment means that sometimes you have to take a little bit of a hit. Um, in the end, I like the format. I actually thought the format was really good. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting way of playing it. I am personally a big fan of having a regular season and the team that finishes first in the regular season being the champion. But, you know, under these circumstances, it's, it was a bit different. And um, so I, I get why they did it this way. They guaranteed more games without, you know, playing more games overall. It, so it made a lot of sense in that way. Um, it will be interesting to see what they're going to do next year. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I get a sense that there is quite a strong chance we're going to see some sort of bubble again because, I mean, this virus isn't going anywhere and um, we don't, we're not close to a vaccine. And even if there is a vaccine, it's going to take months, maybe a year, not a year, for, for, for it to be rolled out enough for people to be, you know, have enough immunity um, to this thing. So it's, I think the concept works and I think it is one that, where you could maybe say, okay, well, let's do that again next year. And maybe next year when they do it, um, you look at you look at Germany again, they're now playing with attendance in stadiums, uh, although limited, right? Maybe you can open up to 20% in that bubble that you say, okay, we'll allow attendance in that in that bubble um, by by making sure people are still socially distanced, but at least people can go be in the stadium. And I think that has to be the logical next step. When you look at countries like Germany or Scandinavian countries, well, now that we know that there's almost no community trans- transmission from outside events, I think this has to be the next step. We'll leave it at that. But hey, Manuel, thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak and uh, we'll keep in touch. Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much for having me on. That'll do it for the 20th episode. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to reach out to one another during this difficult time.